right. Back in the day when you'd buy a condo, you'd think, okay, I just have to worry about the view. Now it's not just about the view because as the city of Toronto gets, you know, taller and more condos, it gets denser with condos. You have to worry about your shade and how much sun you're actually going to receive when you make this major investment. And don't kid yourself. It is a major investment when you buy a condo. It's not... Uh, you know, the cheap alternative to the house anymore. This is an investment that you may be living in in the long, in for a long time. Ralph Bomeister is a sun and shadow position specialist. His uh, website is sunposition.com. He joins the show right now. You're also an engineer, Ralph. Thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure, Kelly. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure. First of all, I mean, I think this is news to a lot of people that don't live in condos, that you have to worry about the shadows that are falling on your condo. I mean, the view, that's a no-brainer. But is that view going to last? What exactly is a shadow impact study? Uh, basically, uh, first of all, it's a requirement of, uh, of the City of Toronto. Um, when a developer puts in a, an application for a, uh, a rezoning or, or site plan for a, you know, for a high-rise, typically, um, a shadow impact study is required as part of the approval process. And what the shadow study shows is the, uh, the path of the shadow from the tall building as it moves you know, from morning to afternoon uh, on each of the four seasons, you know, spring, fall, summer, and winter. Um, and it, it gives an idea of the, the path and the extent and the reach and so forth of, uh, of the shadow from the building. Uh, typically done hourly, hourly intervals to get a, a sense of the movement of the shadow, um, and that's really you know, what a shadow impact study is. It shows the areas affected by the proposed new development. I think a lot of us would be shocked to find out that there are shadow standards in the city that, you know, uh, the city has to adhere to when they are, uh, you know, granting a developer permission to build what they've, you know, decided they'd like to build in the city. But what you're saying they need to update their shadow standards. Why? Well, they, they have done a lot of work in the last few years in, in updating shadows, their shadow standards. Um, but they're, they're found in a variety of documents. Um, you know, the official plan makes general statements about the requirement to, you know, protect uh, other properties from shadows, and it talks about minimizing shadows and that sort of thing, which, uh, you know, which are hard to define. I mean, if someone tells you, yeah, you can build a building there, but you have to minimize the shadows, well, what exactly does minimize mean? Um, and that's why you end up at the OMB or, or now uh, LPAT, you know, in, in hearings where there are different interpretations of, of uh, what minimizing actually means. Um, what the city has done in recent years is they've taken different parts of the city or different aspects of it. Most recently, the TO Core plan, which was approved this past summer, which uh, provides a lot of protection for uh, downtown parks. I mean, that, was, uh, that made the news uh, earlier in the summer. And uh, that is, a, you know, in my view, a great step towards ensuring that the downtown parks, which are the ones that would be most threatened by high-rise development uh, around them, that they will, uh, you know, they will benefit from, from a certain level of protection. Uh, that specific type of requirement wasn't really there uh, prior. Um, one of the difficulties uh, in Toronto is that these various policies pop up in different places. You have to be aware of the, you know, the, the TO core plan, or you have to be aware of a, a special policy that affects a certain area to find, you know, what, what requirements or, or uh, restrictions there might be on different public spaces or parks or, or that sort of thing. 
When you're when you're buying a condo, should your real estate agent understand? You know, uh, should they have a shadow impact study of, you know, uh, the 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 buildings around them? Or that's I, I don't think that would be a, a a realistic thing to to expect to be done. You know, for the purchase of a single condo, right? Um, I have done them um, uh, specific requests for a, you know, for example, a, a condo on the waterfront uh, in Toronto. Uh, also for a uh, really, really expensive condo in Manhattan, New York City, where uh, a potential owner was looking at different options. There were uh, different units available, and he uh, engaged me to review how much sun he might expect in the different units to help him decide which one to buy. Because could that affect your resale value, not only your quality of life? Uh, absolutely, because the ones he was looking at, the, in, in this particular case, uh, the, the price uh, varied between the different units. And um, he you know, was concerned about how much sunlight um, he would receive in these different units because he wanted a lot of sunlight. So, uh, and, and again, like I said, those, those units were you know, multi-millions, and he did his due diligence to, uh, to uh, get a handle on, on what the different sides of the building would receive in terms of sunlight. As we start to grow up, and it's not just, you know, in the downtown core, it's across the GTA, I guess we have to start thinking about things like this. You know, it's uh, just another uh, thing that you have to put in your back pocket. You know, am I in a good school zone? Am I in a good neighborhood? Am I close to public transit? You know, what is what am I looking at as far as, you know, the... Uh, shade of my building. There's a New York startup that the Toronto Star was talking about, and they launched an online tool to help potential buyers figure out the impact of shadows before they actually invest in the property, similar to, you know, what you've done, you know, on a larger scale, probably uh, for that client in New York, but it it offers this shade prediction feature. What do you recommend for buyers here? I mean, that don't have the cash to secure someone like you and an engineer to tell them about exactly, uh, you know, where the shade is predicted to fall with with regard to their condo. What can we do? Uh, Well, one thing I do understand from that startup in New York is that they plan to uh, duplicate, you know, that that service in Toronto. So uh, it's just a matter of time before one will be able to do a similar uh, type thing uh, in Toronto. Uh, so I think it would be a very helpful tool for purchasers that want to have a quick, you know, rough and dirty, so to speak, uh, look at their location and, and uh, um, how much sunlight they, they might expect. Um, one page that I have on my website, which might be of interest to your listeners, is, um, is one that shows the amount of uh, sunlight that a typical Toronto condo might get. And again, recognizing that Toronto's street grid is not exactly north-south. It's tilted, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes all of that into account. So for the typical Toronto street grid, I've developed a, a, a you know, a square footprint of a condo tower and have estimated the number of minute, hours and minutes of sunlight on each of the four faces of a building um, throughout the year, every month. So, I mean, as a very rough tool, um, that's something that... Uh, uh, you know, prospective buyer can certainly have a look at and, and, and uh, say, you know, I'm buying at Young and Bloor, um, you know, in the absence of taller buildings around me, uh, this is the type of uh, sun exposure that I, I can expect. Um, some people may be looking for something that has less sun exposure. They may be sensitive to, uh, you know, to the sunlight. Uh, they don't want the overheating that goes along with, uh, with uh, you know, a Western exposure, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they're, you know, everyone has their their 
own specific requirements or preferences. And uh, that page, again, that page on my website does give that as a sample for Toronto. And it, it, it applies to the entire grid of, of Toronto's main street grid. Right, that's at sunposition.com. Correct. Um, I should have the address here handy for you. But if you go there and then look for um, uh, sun durations on building faces or something mm-hmm. to that effect, you will, you will find that page that I'm referring to. It's a great tool. I, I get it. I think uh, you've given us something else to think about. There's just such an important uh, purchase, and it's you know one of the most expensive investments you'll ever make where you're going to live. And I think something like this can't be underestimated. And I know a lot of people that live in condos, and I think that I love that you brought up the fact that uh, depending on which way you face and how much sun you actually get into your apartment, it can really heat up. And that's one of the major complaints that a lot of people that I know that ha- live in condos talk about is the fact that, you know, their air conditioning isn't going on until a certain day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and it gets pretty hot in there. I really appreciate your time today. Just another thing to think about when you're purchasing. Thank you so much, Ralph. My pleasure, Kelly.